Okay. So, we've got like four years of comics that we need to just compress into and some some TV shows. Uh, so what you think we're gonna do a whole season, whole fifteen episode arc? No. Okay. What about what about five episodes? You'll give me three. I think we can work with that. We're talking about Spider-Man: The Animated Series, The Black Suit Saga. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite show, The More You Nerd, where we are deep into symbiotes. That's a weird thing to say. Wish I hadn't, uh, as we're talking about many different iterations of Venom, uh, but I can't do it without my carnage buddy, Miles. How are you, my friend? Doing great. Um, I... I will say I was pretty excited to to do this because I haven't revisited this cartoon in a while. It seems like something that I probably would have done, especially once it popped on Disney Plus. But I just haven't made the time to do it. And I got to say, it was a real treat going back to this show. Yeah, uh, we we may return to the show in a longer yeah, form we, at some we, point we, in the we future. Might be going back to this. Uh, I, mostly because they're they're coming out with a new season of it at some point i think yeah, next I, year I think, it's still way away. I think it's still a ways off same with the x-men one yeah and x-men they're farther along with but then the strike happened and i don't know what's happened since yeah, then the, the strike a lot of stuff i have apparently like you know because i also think they're trying to put mutants into the mcu so they're they're figuring all that out i don't care yeah. Uh, so this yeah, rocks. <laughs> yeah. So the the so the 1994 Spider-Man animated series, which uh, only ran for five seasons, and each season was shockingly short. short. Like across I, five seasons, there are only 65 episodes, and that is for a a cartoon on Fox Kids because this is all aired on on Fox Kids. Um, and that sounds like a normal production order of 65. I mean, I think, I think the initial, the initial run of Batman, wasn't that about 65 and they added some, uh, uh let me look, uh, cause I think it's 85 total, but that's if you include the adventures of Batman and Robin, I believe, which is technically a different show. Um, yeah, Batman, yes. Batman, the animated series has three seasons, right. but it has, 65 episodes in the first season, 20 in the second season and 24 in the third season. So, but, okay. but I, I, but I think there was a difference in Batman. The animated series was a daily show. I don't think Spider-Man that's, was that's right. This was, this was a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, and that's, that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. Uh, so this, this series revamped a lot of storylines um, and actually had a lot of real big name comic creators and other animated series creators that uh, we're not going to go into a lot of that just because we're focusing on Venom. But a lot of a lot of uh, writers of Batman, the animated series also worked on this show. It, it's 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 a whole uh, big thing. But uh, Avi Arad, uh, who is uh, a longtime producer uh, he is involved in a bunch of stuff and I think has just announced that he's going to be producing the 
the Zelda, Zelda movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he also he produced Spider Man into the Spider Verse. He's he's got yeah. Uh, I, I I saw some clowns try to be like, oh, the producer of Morbius is doing Zelda. And I'm like, yeah, 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 you did that on purpose. Look at his actual track record. Yeah. So he, like, he's he's got. But he's I believe he's got a writing credit on on these episodes um, and this and I think specifically the ones we watched. I, I didn't didn't him and Stan Lee write the first black costume episode uh, story by Avi Arad and Stan Lee for the first one story by John Simper and Bryn Stevens for the second one and John Simper and Mark Hoffmeyer for the third one, uh, because this is the sh- in this show. Uh, it Shockingly, there were this is episodes eight nine and ten of the first season they got venom I, in that blew me away i was I did not so shocked how quickly venom is in this show um uh, uh but let's so let's let's talk about it because we talked about the the very long years long process of the black suit and learning that it's alive and you know getting rid of it and then going to a cloth suit and all of that stuff um i was I was initially worried because so my memory of the Spider-Man cartoon and I'm going to because Drew and I talked about this before we start recording. I'm going to try to not talk so much about the show itself. Yes, we're um, we're very we are we're very coming. We're very bad at doing that, but we're going to try. Right. But I want to say <laughs> entering this, I was a little concerned going into this as only being three 22 minute episodes. Um, and I. The way this show is plotted is, I mean, one of the most impressive things I have seen in a very long time because they they pack in a lot of story into so 20 minutes. So much stuff happens. And, and maybe it was just that there was only one commercial break in the 90s. I don't remember that being no, the case. there was more than one commercial break. But but maybe the commercial breaks were shorter. It was it, the, these yeah, episodes. That's possible. These episodes are paced. So, I mean, they're only 22 minutes. They're still really short, but so much happens. So let's talk about just the story beats of of episode eight, the alien costume part one. You have we get a little change in how Venom comes to Earth. Yeah, a change that's honestly kind of similar to what happens in other interpretations, which is very interesting. So it's this is the funny thing about this. And you and I have talked about this a lot. I did not recognize, we mentioned this last week, how influential this particular version of the black costume story is. Yeah. And and has been from here on out. So many aspects are used in almost every other version of Venom to a degree. Yeah. So this, uh, we have John Jameson, the son of James JJJ, uh, by the way, JJJ voiced by Ed Asner in this show. I had I had not remembered that at all. That was a very pleasant surprise. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> you have you have him and another astronaut on an asteroid finding something called Prometheum X and and pulling it out. Also bringing some weird black tar ooze creature that follows them onto the ship. They are then trying to land the shuttle, but end up because of what the symbiote does, oh, we don't know it's a symbiote at the time, uh, making them crash the shuttle onto the George Washington Bridge, where the rhino, first appearance of the rhino in this show, by the way, um, is sent by the kingpin, 
to go and steal that Prometheum X and Spider-Man goes and saves them. Um, but also Eddie Brock is there because he's trying to to race to it to 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 get to the to the shuttle to take pictures. Eddie ends up taking a bunch of pictures of something being stolen, but blames Spider-Man for it to to uh, to JJJ, uh, who then puts out a million dollar bounty for Spider-Man's head. Meanwhile, Spider-Man, having fallen into the East River, thinks that he's covered in muck and goo and get he, he says oh the the, the hudson river so dirty and creamy and i'm like oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. there's some real choice uh some real choice lines but then he uh, uh but then he falls asleep and do you see the 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 very classic symbiote coming out and bonding with him and you see him having this weird nightmare uh where he's where his his what he will learn is his new suit and his classic suit are basically big kaiju monsters uh, fighting it out in New York City, knocking buildings down. It's a very. Yeah, and, and honestly, that nightmare sequence is something I I we see a lot. And in fact, they continue to see. Yeah, versions of a nightmare scenario with Peter and, and um, the symbiote. Um, and 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 then he wakes up and he's in the new suit hanging upside down outside a building because the suit has taken over his body and you know taking him out on a on a little on a little stroll around stroll. town so and all of that is in all of that is in 22 minutes there's so much stuff happening there's still more in that episode i think yeah i glossed over a lot of it um and, I mean, so yeah it, it's super super impressive what i thought was interesting is so the distinction we, we made last week was that this is where the the amplified idea of the symbiote affecting Peter's personality and his aggression uh, comes from. I I, which, I was so shocked to learn that I, I was too because I, it's I mean, it's I've read those comics before as a kid, but like it's in it's in ev it's in every Spider Man uh, Venom story. Like we're we're like the fact that it started in like because this this by the way was my first encounter with the whole black suit saga. I knew who Venom yeah. was because of a comic that I, I I had gotten the flu. I think I told this story last week, but yes, but this was like a big deal. Cause Venom, this is, this is 1995. Like Venom is the biggest, coolest thing on the planet at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, has continued to be a, a huge iconic character, but especially in the nineties, like Venom stuff flew off the shelf all the time yeah if venom was there venom toys sold like hotcakes um i wish i know it was an old ass phrase but i love using it <laughs> yeah um sounds like hotcakes like uh, if you ever had a hotcake they're to die for um they're great uh but yeah so uh but but so that is the one the the first change is that this is where the suit affecting his personality negatively happens and, and and since they are pressed for time, he becomes he goes from zero to dick bag immediately, all, uh, literally overnight because he sleeps in between um, like he creeps on uh, a weird version of Felicia Hardy, who does change as the series goes on. But like, I've never liked the initial version of Felicia because that's not Felicia Hardy, uh, Felicia Hardy voiced by uh, 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 the major uh, voiced by um, uh, uh, 
I wish I had this right in front of me. Jennifer Hale, uh, known, you know, huge. A, a lot of things. A lot of things. Uh, so Mass many Effect, things. Right. Uh, female Shepard in the Mass Effect games, uh, the major Makoto Kusanagi from Ghost of the Shell standalone complex, and well, all of the Ghost of the Shells, really. She's been the voice since they started doing dubs of that. I, actually, she might not have been in it in the first movie. They might have redubbed it later. I don't remember. Uh, she does She does so much voice work and, and a lot of voice direction. Like, Jennifer Hale is huge in the voice industry. You've heard her a, a hundred thousand times. Oh, um, absolutely um uh eddie brock voiced by uh hank azaria of all people uh That's which wild. is just wild uh hank azaria probably best known for all of the roles he does on the simpsons like he's chief wiggum he uh it, well he was a poo uh of the quickie mart he is no longer that role um he uh like hank azaria uh dr nick riviera like he's he's a legend in the voice industry um mm -hmm. but another big change to this and again this is where we have hindsight informing things is that eddie brock has been in this show before now i had to look this up because we didn't watch all of the the uh all of the episodes but this is in the alien costume part one this is the fourth appearance of eddie brock meaning he had been set up leading up to this in this series before. And Miles, guess what? I love that. What? I love that. Yes. I, it, so. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, this is another one of those things where we even talked about this last week. Like, well, if this if this comic had been written today, Eddie Brock would have been introduced like a year before he came out. It's like, yeah, they did that in this. They did that in, in the 90s in the cartoon show. They 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 knew that this was going to be a thing. So they started developing things in that direction and that great. I, I freaking love it. Yes. 100% market with a big check mark stamp with stamp approval. Yes. Yeah. I, I really like that. Um, like I was mentioning uh, to you before we started, we were talking about the show a lot. The Spider-Man along with the X-Men has always been kind of a soap opera. Yeah. And the fact that they they keyed into that immediately from the get-go with this show. And again, Fox Kids, it, with their three adaptations of Batman, Spider-Man, and X-Men, I mean, never has creative teams understood their source material so well. And I don't think we'll ever, ever see something like that again. In, uh, in such a concentrated amount definitely not with both dc and marvel sharing the spotlight like that like yeah but like even even then like i mean because bruce tim also did superman the animated series but that didn't air on fox i don't think no that had moved to wb it was kids wb, kids it? WB by that point and that's also when they moved to uh well you mentioned earlier the adventures of batman and robin where the joker got black eyes which is a weird stylistic change they had but lot, anyway they had a lot of design changes but yeah. so what's cool is they kept that like each season kind of has its own meta narrative um go after the first season they, after they, the first they have season. like a, a a big name of like sins of the fathers and, or something like that and the neogenic crisis and nightmare i think isn't it uh yeah because it's because uh, it's alliteration the neogenic nightmare sins of I, the fathers I only remember that because i think that's where morbius makes his appearance yeah partners um, in danger 
And again, it, it, this is also, it should be said, this series does share a universe with the X-Men animated series. So you do have from time to time cameos of those characters, um, as well as some other characters like, you know, Iron Man shows up at some point. Doctor Strange shows up at some point. Again, gang, we're we're probably going to cover this at some point. Just, you know, just hang with us as we reel it back into talking about Venom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, again, we've talked about the first episode. Let's talk about the second episode where we are. We are now Peter in full, you know, D bag <laughs> black oh, man, suit. He, like flat out nearly murders the rhino. <laughs> yeah, which I gotta say, the rhino is such an interesting villain. Like always has been, but like it wasn't until around 2001 that they started playing him really more interesting. Well, because he's stuck in the suit, right? Or is that a more he's recent? Stuck, well, I can't remember if it's him or Scorpion that's stuck, stuck in the suit. I think I thought it was Scorpion because he blames Jameson because he's trying to kill Jameson at some point. Well, because Stor- Scorpion's gotten out of the suit in the comics and multiple times. They both have. But, um, but 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 Rhino Rhino, like the more recent versions of Rhino, like the one in the Amazing Spider-Man movies or the one in the, the Marvel games on PS4 and PS5. I always forget about the amazing spider-man rhino paul giamatti <laughs> is the rhino yeah, paul like Giamatti's what like weird character what Isn't he russian too well because the, the rhino is well i think they've just made the rhino russian i don't know if he was always russian i don't think he's no that, that that's the chameleon and craven because because uh the rhino i think in the spider-man games is also russian he's got an accent at least I don't know, but they make they make that more of like a technological monstrosity that's attached to him. This just looks like a dude in a rubber suit. And like, why can't you take this off, dude? Like, how do you go to the bathroom? How do you do that if you're trapped in this? <laughs> yeah, um, uh, no, he he is. He is Russian in uh in the original comics, too. He's part of the Russian mafia. apparently. I mean, that, you know, it was the 80s that that tracks that the bad guys would be partially associated with Russians. Um, but yeah, so within this, we've got uh, is this. I don't think this is the first appearance of Shocker because Spider-Man seems to know who Shocker is. But like in and uh, in, in when you can't turn to Reed Richards, the Fantastic Four, because they don't have a cartoon version of that that they can call upon. Who does Peter Parker go to? Dr. Kurt Connors, which is uh, a wonderful right. Yeah. I, and you know it, it's it's just it's just more world building like they they have built up like the first episode of this show is about the lizard and here we have you know Which peter i think makes sense because i think the first amazing spider-man story wasn't that about the lizard as well i don't know i don't know the answer to that question not not amazing fantasy but i, I feel like the first like spider-man story of amazing spider-man might have been about the lizard i, I could be wrong about that i, I did not check that before i started <laughs> No idea. Uh, but you so you have him going. At, but but because they've also they've already built that groundwork, you have this character that is set up and they don't have to explain who he is because he's had episodes dedicated to him already. And and in fact, Peter even comments on, hey, I could have sent you to jail, but I let you go. So you have to help me right now. And it's like, oh, that's that's from several episodes ago. Oh, my gosh. Um, we also. All- Peter's still being a dick. (laughs) Uh, Yes, Peter is a huge jerk, but he's also kind of recognizing that he's 
that the suit is is affecting him um a it, little bit yeah um this is another thing that i have to comment on um we do get uh we do have spend a lot of time with alistair smythe who i i haven't read about alistair smythe in a lot of the comics but smythe is he hasn't I haven't popped. I haven't. I haven't thought about him in a long time. Like he. I mean, he. I know he does pop up every now and then, but he's kind of more of a character that's been kind of forgotten. Yeah. Well, he. He. He is like Kingpin's tech guy and science guy. It sounds like they're kind of like loose partners. I mean, ish. He's definitely on Kingpin's payroll. Is is the deal? But. uh it's it's just it's always funny to me because you can tell that this is a 90s cartoon because Smythe has like if you thought Professor X's floating wheelchair was cool, Smythe has like laser cannons on it and that he that he's just he's just in the lab in his giant laser cannon decked out wheelchair. It's so weird. Uh, it's so funny. I, like, I, I need to look up what Smythe was in the comics. Um, and he, he kind of plays bigger parts of, of the rest of the show, but really he's just here to talk about Prometheum X, which is another th the uh, thing that they were trying to steal in the first place. And Smythe in the comics is, is um, responsible for the spider slayers and stuff. as, as he is in this series as well. Um, but uh, I think his distinction was uh, superior Spider-Man murdered him. Oh, I forgot about that. I, I love oh, yeah, this. You're a big superior fan. I love yeah, the so superior like, Spider-Man yeah, run. He, I know he kills I, him. I I think the last time he popped up was uh, during that clone conspiracy story. There's a a thing about his consciousness because like his body was killed by Superior Spider-Man, but apparently his consciousness is still around. And I, I need to reread Superior Spider-Man. He dies again. I, I need to reread that. I was I know a lot of longtime Spider-Man fans hated the Superior run. I thought that was such an interesting. It's an, so I agree that it's an interesting idea. There's just some really creepy stuff in that oh. book that doesn't land for me at all. One hundred percent. There's some creepy stuff. That's what happens when you put a supervillain inside Spider-Man's body. <laughs> um, but and I, I feel like well, well, we'll talk about that aspect when we get to the Spider-Man 2 game. Um, but yeah, but anyway, um. But so so is you know there's a lot there's again a lot in this episode and we're just glossing over everything because we are getting to the point where you know we have to we have to start getting to the the symbiote getting separated from Peter so that it can go find Eddie Brock and right and and so that that all comes to a head as Smythe and Shocker have kidnapped John Jameson and. Spider-Man and JJJ team up to bring them the Prometheum X that Spider-Man had stolen earlier in the episode to give it back to them to get John Jameson back. But Eddie Brock, who has been fired by JJJ as for lying to him about what happened. Oh, because John Jameson wakes up and tells uh, his dad that Spider-Man saved his life and that he's a good guy and that our guy in a rhino suit stole the stuff, which you know, Jameson freaks out, fires very publicly, fires Eddie Brock on television. And uh, and so we but uh, of course, Smythe and Shocker are, you know, double crossing and attacking Spider-Man as, you know, J.J. Day is getting John Jameson out of there. And they're doing all of this in a church. 
uh, at least some kind of a building that has a big bell on the top. <laughs> it looks like a church. It's certainly meant to look like a church. <laughs> but Eddie Brock is also there because he blames Spider-Man for what happened to him. Uh, and so Eddie Brock is there to fight Spider-Man, which is a dumb idea. Eddie, why are you doing this? He's got superpowers and you just lift weights. Uh, uh, Shocker, by the way, voiced by uh, by Jim Cummings, uh, who is. A vi- uh, uh, who is famous for a lot of voice roles, uh, mm-hmm. notably Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, <laughs> uh, but but also like my Pete- favorite is seeing him do the Winnie the Pooh voice reading Darth Vader lines. Yeah, he's it, it, so fun. Jim Cummings is, is a lot of characters. He's Pete the Cat uh, uh, on. Uh, I say Pete the Cat because that's a that's Peek? a book. Hmm? Not no Pete Pete and like Peg Leg Pete from Disney. Who is oh, oh, okay. Who is canonically a cat. There is also a series of children's books written by an Atlanta author named Pete the Cat. If you have that had an Amazon cartoon series a few years ago as well. Uh, Pete the Cat's great books. Uh, read them to your children. Um, but he's he's got everything. And just hearing him a shocker is just funny uh, because he's he's so recognizable in all the roles he does. But anyway. Um, but yeah, so Pete. Uh, Peter Parker, that Pete, <laughs> um, he webs up Eddie and just kind of hangs him from the ceiling while he's fighting the shocker and Smythe just gets out of there. I don't remember what happens to Smythe. Um, and then he break uh, uh, Peter breaks shockers, you know, shock gauntlet things and is about to throw him off a building when all of a sudden the bell goes off and the symbiote starts freaking out and he realizes, Oh gosh, this thing is taking me over. I can't, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so he luckily saves shocker before shocker hits the ground, saving Peter from making a, a, a terrible mistake. The bell keeps going off and he does the canonical ripping of the symbiote off of him. Mm -hmm. Um, and got to hand it to him. They just let, Peter Parker run home in his underwear. He did not have another it's costume great. on. He didn't even get the bag head. <laughs> didn't get the bag head. He's just like, I get, he literally says, I got to get out of here and runs into runs into the bushes. It's so funny. Um, uh, but yeah. And of course the symbiote you see disappear into a little crack. And of course, Eddie Brock is right underneath it uh, to become, to bond with it, to become venom. Uh, his his hatred of Spider-Man amplified. Uh, and that takes us to part three, where um, I got to say of the three episodes, I think this might be the weakest of them. Yeah, I mean, well, because there's less story and it's more just kind of senseless action, which I mean, you got Venom, you need to have the action stuff. But here here's the here's where the problem is. For me, is that. Because we haven't, I know this is what, 10 episodes in, so there there has been some world building and everything, but like, because we don't have the connection to some of these characters that we may have had in the second season or maybe the third season, like him popping up on his date with Mary Jane, yeah, it's, it's creepy and weird, but like, it's not the threat of him like terrorizing his new bride. Well, well yes. Well, and also the fact that at this point, Mary Jane does not know that Peter is Spider-Man in right. the cartoon continuity. Um, um, also, also, by I, the way, I, I, shout out, shout out to Aunt May. Blonde hair. I was just about to comment on this. 
I, I had not. I, I always remember Aunt May in the show being like, oh, uh, daughter, you know, uh, old lady Aunt May. She's still blonde in this baby. They aged her down appropriately. <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, who also like cackles with glee when the bounty is placed on Spider-Man's head. Look, even uh, Aunt May, Aunt May has always been like, does she like Spider-Man or does she not? She didn't he, like for sure, but not has been like, maybe they'll get him this time. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, lady. <laughs> oh, Aunt May, Aunt May, as uh, as uh, the, the dude says it. Um, yeah, stick to sit, stick to the wheat cakes. But yeah, so this does have a lot of those like, oh, he visits, you know, he, he shows up at because, uh, again, they they share that he knows who peter parker is all they of peter parker's secrets all of peter parker's secrets this his spider sense doesn't work on on venom much like has happened in the comics before um mm-hmm. and and we do have him showing up at peter's house and threatening aunt may and and all of this stuff and it, it's really like maybe the wildest circumstance that allows peter to save the day and this is where it kind of falls apart for me well, not only that, but like, I mean, I, I I like the aspect that it does. It makes Peter paranoid. He's acting paranoid. He's legitimately acting crazy. And people call him out on it. Like, I, I like the how, how smart the show is. But because of the circumstances, because of it being the first season of the show, there's a lot of things about this that doesn't quite land. And then it comes to, all right, we got to have your action set pieces. We got to have him nearly kill the shocker, which was, you know good yeah no um worked but for whatever reason the fights with venom were okay it 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 was just like they there was always a MacGuffin to get out of it and like in in and the fight resulting in going to this all of a sudden they're launching uh new uh, they're launching a, a, a satellite a new space station a new a new space uh, what was it was a satellite it was a was a it wasn't a space yeah. station um from right outside of new york so there's just all of a sudden a a rocket going off that you wouldn't put a rocket that close to new york that would just be impossible to do um and it was the rocket going off that allowed the, that shook up the symbiote enough that it could separate from Eddie, that Spider-Man could web it up somehow and then web it to the rocket and send it into space, uh, solving the problem forever. Because uh, certainly Which, Venom never appears in the show again, so they just got it right out there. Um, Him webbing <laughs> to the surface of the rocket, um, Peter's a scientist and should know that, I don't know, the atmosphere is a thing. Or the, or the fact that like, yeah, this rocket's going off and you're going to hide in the elevator uh, <laughs> to try to. Yeah, like it, and not only that, but like I do feel that the fights with Venom are just OK. Like, yes, you have to make Venom seem OP because this is your big. You don't see Venom again until like the last season, like in the episode Venom Returns. Um, because they do a lot of stuff like a lot of these shows do where like you only see the the villains about once, maybe twice for a couple of them, but they have these arcs, yeah. you know, um, and which is fine that 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 it, unlike Batman, where you got several Joker episodes and stuff like that, this is a lot shorter and. You know, they, they take their time with some of their stories. 
it's a bummer because I feel like Venom deserves more here. I think this, the, the journey to get to Venom was great. And I, I agree with you. This last episode is the weakest. It, it just doesn't, doesn't play right. And it has all the elements for it to work. But for whatever reason, just like the entire time you were giving me the highest quality ingredients. And then you give me like your basic generic Laura Lynn ingredients to make this cake. And it, as a result, it, the, the cake itself is it's good, but it's just good. Well, and this is where like this, this show to the, to this point has, has built upon itself so much that I almost wish they had held venom coming, coming to the show until the next season. I, I completely to, agree. To, I, to have these like weird things happening to Peter that he doesn't understand why they're happening. Like he he stumbles on something, he gets pushed down a flight of stairs, and he doesn't understand why he his spider sense didn't go off. Like doing that build up of stuff. Um Yeah, and, that'd be great. And, and it would be great. And again, I understand like so much of this is so good. And it is 1995 when these episodes are coming out. And it's so much, well, I say it's so much better than the comics. I don't think that's true. I think it's just, it's, 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 it's different. A, and it's, it's uh, in some ways it's on par and in some ways it's, I mean, it, it, ha it has different things. I think the Peter stuff works really, really well. Yeah. Um, that stuff. Ugh. I gotta say, you know, it's, it's interesting as I think about it because we have the, this suit making him angry and and a bad guy and removing his inhibitions like because that's really part of it he's the suit makes him more powerful and it's just removed his inhibitions there's a scene with flash thompson that's where it's like man this yeah, is what is happening Felicia hardy which also is like i mean peter's got superpowers so we know that he's not always this way but like at the same time it's like it makes it seem like peter's got this d-bag in him that's just waiting to get it. well i mean that's that's like, kind of like he's got a stefan in him that's kind of the whole jokey spider-man thing like he starts telling jokes when he's in the suit partly out of out of fear partly as a nervous reaction but partly because he's kicking the crap out of guys and making fun of them as he does it because he's just a a, a a beaten up teenager uh, you yeah. know, a nerdy teen that ha that, you know, has, a you know, that's that's part of what makes Spider-Man interesting as a character. But for sure. I, but it's it's I was looking into this and, and part of me, I mean, obviously, I like it for this show because it makes sense. But part of me also really likes the comic take where the suit is an entity and it's angry, not because it's inherently angry but because it just doesn't understand why Spider-Man doesn't want it anymore. And that is an interesting take that, that it, mm -hmm. it took kind of reflecting on that compared to this, that I'm not sure which one I like more because as I said, the suit making him angry has always been a part of the, the venom story in my head and finding out that that wasn't the original thing that it started in this show of all places. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, and it, it's funny because on one hand, I applaud this show for doing so much right. Like there's so much about this show outside of the nostalgia trip because there were there were 
even hearing the little guitar flourishes where a commercial break would be like, it took me back to being a child yeah. in the 90s watching this on a Saturday morning because I did. And also, I know we're not trying to talk too much about the show itself, but like the theme song slaps. Theme song is like, great. Um, I love cartoons where you can tell what objects are going to be interacted with because they look different than the rest of the 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 animated thing. For sure. And that's something that you just don't have in CG animated stuff anymore. Um, it's such a, a quality of the time that I, I adore it. Um, I, I, I do and I don't. Uh, <laughs> um, I also I, lo- I love uh, Pete's Abercrombie and Fitch look. Um <laughs> Peter, so Peter, funny. Pete's look is so bad in the show. It's so I bad. Mean, it, is, it is standard, like ninety four, you know, whatever. But like, it's like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's like it's just funny. Super broad shouldered, you know, like like. It's th- like, do you do you not think this guy is Spider Man? Because like <laughs> Pete, Pete's life, like the comics made him out. Even the flashbacks in the books that we read, we see the flashbacks to him of him his his sweater vest and his like weird button down shirt under it and his like Harry Potter glasses and his weird buzz cut. Like he, it's still flashback to him being a real dork. And I, I appreciate that here. Like Pete's in college and he's looking good. Like, I mean like this, yeah. dude, this dude is not someone who has to worry about his Com- social life. Comic Peter is is often per, per, you know even even today uh uh depicted as looking very very skinny very lithe like this dude is a model and it's like no wonder he landed mary jane you wonder why peter parker lands mary jane who is uh who at least in this point in time is known for being an actress and a model that was her that was her career in in the comics and the her career in the in the show and it's like, well, of course, look at this dude. He's an Adonis. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Spider-Man. The so, animated okay. series. I, 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 I want to ask you. So you, did you watch this as a kid, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Like I said, this was my first interaction with the black suit. So as a kid, do you remember how you felt when you saw this when you saw venom i'm not asking you to like to review it from your childhood perspective but like this would have been your first like interaction with venom and the character as you know him like what what did this do to inform how you felt about the character going forward see i i I, it's tough to answer because one it's been 30 years ago that this happened um and I am old and I just simply don't remember. Uh, but two, like, I, I feel like Venom's voice was not as scary as I thought it would be. Like it was just Hank Azaria with a, a filter on it. Um, and that's me saying this now because I know Hank Azaria's voice so well because I watched the Simpsons for three decades. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It, it's it's like I have learned so much about the character since then that this version seems really tame by comparison. And obviously it was Saturday morning cartoon. Of course, it right. was going to seem tame. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, we I, say that, but like Batman, the animated series had some <laughs> real episodes. Yeah, but I don't feel like but Batman you know, being just like, it's always night in Gotham city, that sort of thing. Right. 
it seems to always be daytime in Spider-Man New York City. And uh, I know that's not even the case, not. even though it's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. He, he like parts of these episodes happen at night when he almost kills Shocker. Um, but like I'm I'm more scared of Peter in the black suit than I am of Eddie Brock as Venom. Well, and so I think part of that is I think it was a mistake to constrain this to three episodes. Yes. Like for the for the black costume part, they did a crackerjack job of giving you the the alien symbiote costume story. But when it comes to Venom, I I feel like that I, I think it needed another episode of breathe. You needed to have Venom kind of terrorizing Peter and really kind of beating Spider-Man in, in some fashion so that you can have this really solid finale because having to do all that in 22 minutes is where that particular part of the story fails. Like they and, do and so much so well they until e that that episode. They even set up uh that Spider-Man's gonna have nightmares of Venom for a long time and I'm pretty sure that does not happen in the show. I don't, I don't think that happens. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't remember. But like, yeah, they, they give this whole thing where like they're staring up at the stars. He looks at the moon and he sees Venom's face. And I'm like, <sighs> OK, that's cool. Like, but. Like, give give me something else. I, I, I really felt like that should have been a little bit. At the same time, like, do you want to do you want to chew up four episodes of a 13 episode season? On and, Venom? And, and that's the thing, like I, I and again, I, I, what I would have done in hindsight is three episode black costume arc season two, three episode Venom arc. Or multi episode arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, I'm, that I'm with you. I'm, I'm 100 But again, this is also one of those things where this show was out to sell toys. And if you don't have a toy of the most famous Spider-Man villain or not, I mean, not most famous Spider-Man villain, but most popular Spider-Man villain for this time in 1994, 1995. Sure. Like we talked about Alistair Smythe's uh, wheelchair. That's because they were going to sell a toy that had rocket launchers oh, on it. The, the Spider-Man toys were great. Honestly, they, they were really good molds. Oh, and same with the Batman animated series figures at the oh, time. Like they the, were, the, the, the two characters that you can sell an almost infinite number of action figures based on costumes are Batman and Spider-Man. That's that's the yeah. two the two of them. One hundred percent amount of crazy Batman figures that can released in the 90s. I had I, I had them all, baby. There I had was a, there so was an, uh, there was many Arctic of them. There was Ice Batman. There was a weird camo Aqua Batman. Uh, there was, the, there was the, the, Batman. the yellow scuba Batman. I had that yeah, one the, that yeah, had the that, thing. That one was uh, there. I had two you of those. The Batman that turned to Bruce Wayne. Um, from the Batman Returns. Because the Batman Returns line, I think, was bigger than the That line seemed to last forever. That's that's where you get your first Tim Drake figure. Yes, well, well. I don't think they call him Dick Grayson. I think I think it's just your first Tim Drake figure. I'm. I, I don't think they call him. I don't think they call him anything other than Robin on that box. I think it's just Robin, <laughs> but it's the Tim Drake costume. It's the it's the Tim Drake costume. I had that Robin. I it, it had a cool yeah, with those clip on uh, cloth capes. With the clip on cloth capes, because all of the characters, all of the the Batman characters had that. But but Robin's was cool because it was black on the outside and yellow on the and inside. On the, and it was yeah, too late. So it was two layers, which you just didn't it's, have. It was it was yeah, high it was quality. He also had a big backpack that had like a a, a spring-loaded grappling hook that you could shoot mm -hmm. up. And we're talking I about Spider-Man. 
Yeah. Uh, but Spider-Man had, had equally cool toys. Yes. And they sold those little web shooter things that like had those plastic webs that just like hurt your friends' faces. They also had the silly string versions, which are always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, the, some of some of Spider-Man's, you know, more iconic costumes show up in the show, like the armored spider shows up and obviously the black costume shows up. Um, yes, um, I, I'm a big fan of the armored Spider-Man costume for some it, reason. I've always loved it. It's, it's it's so stupid, but I love it so much. It, the silver squares all over it. It's like, you know, I, I can't hate it. It was such an and iconic. There are certain versions the of games. I don't know if it was done in the, in the first uh, PlayStation Spider-Man game, but like when you land and stuff, you'll hear the clanking of the armor. Oh, I don't think it, I don't think they did the sound effect, but that suit it, was it might definitely have been in the there. OG PlayStation game. I remember there was one where like you, you're, you can't play for it very long because it just annoys you for every step you take. <laughs> but like the whole thing was like, nothing could hurt you for the most part. So miles, we have now looked at two different yeah. origin stories, iterations of venom. Where could we possibly go next? Well, we got to go live action. Live action? You mean 2007's Sam Raimi directed Spider-Man 3? I do. I, I mean the time that Sony held Sam Raimi hostage and forced him to put Venom into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what happened. <laughs> this movie is... Uh, uh, it has no- a reputation. It's notorious. Um, it's memed. Um, it. I. I honestly. I think I've only seen it once, and I think I only saw it in 2007. So it's been a long, long time. I don't think I've seen it since 2007. I watched Spider-Man One and Spider-Man Two a lot, but Spider-Man Three, I think I've only seen the one time. So, I. I, I may have seen it when it came home. I don't think so. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm very curious to watch this movie again. I, I feel like it's become kind of a low key camp cult classic in in a weird way. Um, and I can I, I mean, I, we all know why because of specific scenes. But I am curious to rewatch this movie. Um, it's a big misstep that that ended the Spider-Man franchise uh, for it to be rebooted a few years later with uh, Andrew Garfield, which would then, then be again, rebooted with Tom Holland. after that yeah um and I, I i am curious to revisit and and see like the venom story live action for the first time or for the only time well not for the only time but um yeah. well for the first it, time in the spider-man context for the first time in the spider-man context uh so yeah so this is uh this is a different take on venom as well because this is more based off of the ultimate spider-man comic interpretations of some characters isn't that where mm-hmm. eddie brock came from in that particular respect not this this one is closer to the comics i think than you think i just remember because they they changed eddie brock pretty significantly they, so. they, they, they do change him i don't know how close he is in, in terms of the eddie stuff I, I haven't seen this movie in like 15 years so yeah who knows we'll fi- we'll figure all that out next week uh so that is going to be next week 2007's spider-man 3 uh currently uh streaming on disney plus at the time of this recording they've got the they've got the the raimi spider movies on there finally um because again sony owns all the rights to those so they can you know put them wherever they want uh ha ha got them uh so with that 
Yeah. So with that said, gang, this is where we're going to end uh, this week's episode. If you would like to find us, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com, where you can find this and every other episode. You can tweet to us or X is going to give it to you at the more you nerd. Why haven't they licensed that uh, for X.com formally? Twitter? I don't know. I honestly, because it, it, it's cool and Elon's not. So uh, it's almost like yeah. he doesn't want to make a good decision uh, by yeah. licensing uh, that song for for this. Anyway, uh, you can do that there. Facebook.com slash the more you nerd. And of course, you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com. That's the more you nerd at gmail.com. Also, Miles and I are part of another podcast uh, that is called Cosmic Crit, which is a Starfinder actual play podcast which is very fun and as part of that we also have a discord where you can play starfinder or pathfinder on your own or you can spend your work day talking to me and miles because we're on there pretty much all day don't tell yes, the places we that we work that we spend so much time there um yes. but yeah <laughs> uh come and talk to us uh we we enjoy it and a lot of our uh a lot of people who listen to the show and talk to us uh are are also on there so you can find a lot of cool new friends which is very fun there are no symbiotes as far as i'm aware so you know that's probably for the best because symbiotes are evil inherently right right anyway that's where we're gonna end the show tonight gang and now we're gonna end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd out do nerd for y'all